Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week, 661,000 cattle were harvested and 550 million pounds of beef were produced in the United States. Of those, 9% graded prime, 71% graded choice, and 16% graded select. Cattle processed in Nebraska helped those averages with 11% grading prime and 74% grading choice. In the news this week, Sustainable Beef, a proposed $325 million beef processing plant to be built in North Platte, Nebraska, passed the approval process with the Community Redevelopment Authority. The board unanimously passed the plan to redevelop a former sewer lagoon into the plant location. The Planning Commission will meet next month to discuss the proposal, and additional public hearings are scheduled in December. Nature's Fiend, a fungus-derived protein company, is planning a 200,000-square-foot facility in the south side of Chicago. The fungus protein, known as Fee, is a vegan, fungus-based protein that is the base for a variety of products, such as a meatless breakfast patty and dairy-free cream cheese. Finally, Tyson Foods is building a new 400,000-square-foot facility in Bowling Green, Kentucky, to be opened in 2023. The operation will create approximately 450 jobs at the plant and cost $355 million to build. Additionally, the facility is expected to have an economic impact of over $2.7 billion on Bowling Green over the next decade. Because of the increase in business in the area, an additional 2,400 jobs are expected to be created throughout the community. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boosman, and I'm glad to have you join me this week. When I first started college at South Dakota State University, I had no intentions of being a meat scientist. In fact, I wasn't even planning on taking animal science classes. When I started at SDSU, it was with the intent of... Uh, studying ag business, and I thought that I wanted to someday work in ag finance. After taking a few accounting classes, I quickly realized that maybe um, economics and finance and accounting maybe weren't quite the right fit for me. Um, I decided to keep the ag business major, but I also added on animal science, which is then what eventually led me into the meat industry and led me into the career path that I am on today. When I was in college, I always thought that the best decision that I made was to add on animal science to really get exposure to that side of the industry. Um, When I did it, it was really with the intent that I wanted to learn more about other species rather than just cattle and sheep, which is what my background was in. But as time went on, I realized that actually the best thing that I did was to keep ag business Taking classes in economics and marketing, and yes, even in accounting, changed the way that I view a lot of things and definitely made me more business-minded. So I'm a very analytical person. We do some of those strengths-type finder tests once in a while at work, and analytical always comes to the top for me. I very much make my decisions based on numbers and data, and I have an economic mindset to a lot of things that I do which in many ways has been very helpful um, in my life. I mean, throughout college and grad school, I make all of my purchasing decisions based on 
um, the number of Culver's cheeseburgers I can buy. So that always, that saved me a lot of money in college when I think I could either buy this $25 shirt or I could buy five cheeseburgers. Um, I almost always opted for the cheeseburgers and never actually spent my money that way. But anyway, I've always had an interest and still retain that interest in just kind of that economic analytical side of things. And so you may have noticed that at the beginning of every episode, I start with numbers, harvest reports, pounds produced, or quality grade breakdowns. I read these numbers almost every day and they continue to blow my mind. 661,000 cattle harvested last week, about 550 million pounds of beef produced. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me, and it's really hard for me even to try to wrap my head around those numbers. A few weeks ago, I had the chance to go into a beef packing plant in which they produce ground beef right in the plant. A lot of places actually ship out some of that product, and the ground beef is made somewhere else. However, here they made it uh, right in-house, and in this packing plant alone, they produce over 800,000 pounds of ground beef every single day. 800,000 pounds, not per week, not per month or per year, 800,000 pounds of ground beef every day. And this ground beef goes into grocery stores and it goes into restaurants, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And that's just one plant. And it's absolutely mind-boggling to me the incredible amount of pounds produced and money that's exchanged within the industry. So this week, we're going to try to go through some of these numbers and breakdowns of the live animal to the retail cut. All of the numbers that will be talked about today are based off of USDA market reports, and I'll be sure to post a link uh, to this episode on the Facebook and Instagram page if you look up the meeting room um, or the meeting room pod, you should be able to find those pages. And with the link to the episode, I'll also include the link to all of the reports that are being used. And I will note that the numbers may be slightly different than what we talked about today, as most of those reports are updated daily. So be sure, if you want to see those, uh, to check out the meeting room pod on Facebook and Instagram to get those direct links. I will also note that there is a lot of contention in the industry between producers and packers and consumers when it comes to price points. So I'm not going to go into that, but I am just going to lay out what is reported. Okay, now to get into it. So the last reported live cattle market price that was based on the Market Insider Report was $1.27 per pound. Last week, the average live weight for market steers was 1,480 pounds, or I should say market steers that were brought in for processing. That 1,480-pound steer would sell for $1,880. So based on last week's numbers, the average dressing percent for steers was 63.1%. And as a refresher, dressing percent is the percent of the weight of the live animal that makes it to the carcass. So when an animal is harvested, the head, the hide, the hooves, the blood, and the viscera, or the internal organs, are all removed. And we're left with a carcass that is made up of muscle, fat, bone, and connective tissue. So based on that 63.1% dressing, we would expect that that live steer would produce about a 930-pound carcass. And that's what we're going to use for the rest of our example today. So instead of selling on a live weight basis, 
Cattle can also be sold based on a combination of yield grade, which is the estimate of how much meat that carcass will provide, and quality grade, which is an estimate of how good that product will actually taste. And these two estimates occur after that animal has been harvested, um, after it's gone through that entire process where the head, hide, hooves, viscera, and blood have been removed, and we are just left with our carcass. And a carcass that has a good combination of yield and quality grade will be worth more than one that has a worse yield and quality grade. Not necessarily um, one that's bad, but there can be bad, average, good, etc., and so forth. So, for example, based on the USDA report, if our 930-pound carcass would be a yield grade 2, which yield grade is a 1 to 5 scale, a lower number is better, so yield grade 1 and 2 is really good. If it was a yield grade 2 prime, which is the highest quality grade it can fall into, it would be worth $2.47 per pound, or about $2,305 for that whole carcass. If it was a yield grade 3 low choice, which is more average of what we see in the industry today, it would be worth about $2.23 per pound, or $2,081 for the whole carcass. Now, $0.24 per pound may not seem huge. That's less than a quarter. But $224 for that entire carcass is a major difference, especially if you're a producer that's sending in hundreds of animals at a time, or if you're a packing plant that's processing thousands of head per day. Those dollars and cents can add up very quickly. So there are advantages to selling on a live weight and advantages to selling on a carcass merit. Um, It's very much a decision of each producer that they have to make, uh, depending on what's best for their operation, what matches well uh, with their business plan, as well as with the cattle that they have on feed. So for our example moving forward, we're going to say that our 930-pound carcass was the low-choice yield grade 3. This is a fairly average carcass in the industry. Most of them, um, I believe it's about 73% um, fall within that choice category. So that's pretty normal. And yield grade three is also our kind of average normal point. So now that we have a full carcass, we have to start breaking it down into the cuts. So we've made it through the harvest process. We've got our carcass. It's now time to get it uh, to a basically portion that can be sold to the final consumer. And to do that, we first need to break it into primals or large portions. So I always think about fabbing carcasses like cutting up a watermelon. When you have a watermelon, a full watermelon in front of you, you don't immediately go from the full watermelon into bite-sized pieces. You don't cut it just bite-sized part by bite-sized part. You first cut that watermelon into large portions. Maybe you divide it into half um, or into quarters. Similarly, when we start cutting our carcass, we first divide it into primals or those large portions. Specifically in a beef, we see the chuck or the shoulder, the rib, the loin, the round or kind of the hind end, and then the brisket, plate, and flank. At that point, once you've broken your watermelon into those large portions, you can then break it into smaller portions. Or in a beef animal, we go from our primals into our subprimals, which is just smaller muscle groups again. Then with our watermelon, you remove the rind. Similarly, we remove excess fat when it comes to fabbing a beef carcass. 
And finally, you cut your watermelon into those bite-sized, ready-to-eat pieces. And in a beef animal, we cut them into our retail cuts, which is those individual pieces that you would see at the grocery store. So in the meat industry, almost every time a cut is made, value is added to the carcass. And the middle meats of the beef carcass, or the rib and the loin, really are our money cuts. So they're called the middle meats. They come from the kind of middle of that animal between the shoulder and the hind end. They run along the top um, of that live animal and are broken then again into that rib and loin. So the rib portion only makes up about 9.6% of the whole carcass and the loin makes up about 17.2%. And they're worth $4.97 per pound and $3.39 per pound respectively. So the rib is where we get our prime rib, your ribeye steaks, um, your bone-in ribs, tomahawk steaks. Um, one beef carcass though is gonna be split down its center, kind of that vertebral column, and it's going to produce two rib portions. So you get one per side of the carcass. And um, the rib, typically, if you ask somebody what their favorite cut of beef is, it's going to come from that rib or loin portion. So when it's producing those two rib portions, it ends up being approximately 90 pounds of rib per carcass. This eventually will get trimmed down of excess fat. Uh, the length of that rib will likely be cut down. So some of that weight is going to be uh, lost. It isn't going to make it to the actual uh, retail counter as a ribeye steak. But in total, you only get about 90 pounds of rib per carcass. So based on this number, the rib portion of our 930-pound carcass is going to be worth about $444. This is when that carcass has been divided, the rib alone goes into a box and is sold specifically as a rib. It's no longer being sold as that entire carcass, but its individual portion. The loin, on the other hand, will weigh a little bit more. We said it was about 17.2% of the carcass, and it's going to weigh approximately 160 pounds. So again, we get two from the animal because it's two sides, and it's going to be worth about $542 per carcass. So between just those two portions, the rib and the loin, it's a total of about $987 per carcass from only about 26.8% of the entire carcass weight. That's crazy to me. It's such a small portion of the actual weight, but it makes up such a huge portion of that carcass's value. So if we look a little bit also at some of those bigger primals, so specifically the chuck or that shoulder portion, that one is about 26.8% of the carcass weight, and it's worth about $2.35 per pound, or about $587 for the entire carcass. The round, or that hind end, makes up about 22.4% of the carcass, and is worth about $2.54 per pound, or $530 per carcass. And one thing to note is that during life, the muscles in these two locations are used for locomotion. They tie in with that front and back leg. Um, they use or are used to help that animal walk. Even for a steer that um, maybe has been in the feedlot and hasn't been covering a lot of ground, um, I think about days that I have to stand most of the day. If I'm on concrete most of the day, I get home and my legs are sore. And I know it's going to be significantly worse if I was 1,400 pounds. 
So even just generally supporting that animal, those muscles are being used. And so because of how they're used in life, they produce a product that typically is known to be tougher if you were to just throw it on the grill. So because of that, the cuts that we typically get from those locomotion portions are roasts. We don't get as many steaks from those regions. Um, and if we do get steaks, they're ones that you would still need to marinate or cook a little bit differently. Um, so we either get roasts or a lot of ground beef from those portions. And so you saw the per pound basis, the $2.35 and $2.54, not nearly as much per pound as those middle meats. However, those two portions of the carcass still make up a lot of value. $587 for the chuck, $530 for the round, and that's because of just their sheer volume. They're huge portions, um, and almost 50% of the carcass weight is found in just those two primals. So it makes sense that even though they're not maybe as much value per pound, there's still going to be a lot of value uh, just for those entire portions, just simply based on weight. So the other portions of the carcass that are left are our brisket, plate, and flank, and then some other trimming um, that can come from like the shank and other regions like that. So those additional regions can add more than $300 in additional value. So in total, the box beef meat from about a 930-pound carcass that's a yield grade 3 and a low choice is worth approximately $2,404. Large processors also have the ability to profit off of drop credit, which is the portion of the carcass that was removed during harvest. And according to Cattle Facts, hides are worth nearly $27 per head, tallow or fat is worth about $28 per head, and variety meats such as liver, lungs, and heart are worth about $55 per head. And a lot of these things, especially the variety meats, aren't consumed as often here in the United States, but they do have a great export market and are eaten heavily in other parts of the world. And so in total, they add over $100 of value per animal. And smaller processors often actually lose money in this area because they don't have enough quantity in order to be profitable. So there's actually a lot of small processors that have to pay to get their rendering or that off-haul or drop credit removed from their plant um, because, again, they don't have a high enough quantity that they are able to sell that at a profit. So at this point, if we start to look back, our live animal was worth $1,880. On a carcass basis, it was worth $2,081. And now that it has been broken down into box beef and the drop credit has been added in, that carcass was worth about $2,500. So that's when it's actually going from processor to retail store or processor to um, a co-packer, restaurant, uh, food service, that sort of thing. The live animal price, the carcass basis, that was producer or farmer to processing plant. The $2,500 is processing plant to um, the next step or your retailer. So now the last step in the process is actually looking at the value of those retail cuts. So some cuts can be done and made in plant. They'll be packaged there and shipped to retail stores. Uh, some products will go on to a co-packer where they're going to be further processed or again maybe cut into steaks there and then shipped out. Other product will get shipped to stores 
as those primals or subprimals, where they may be cut and then packaged into the retail cuts right there in-house. So for example, Hy-V likely gets full ribs, or at least maybe ribs that have been trimmed down, but they haven't been cut into steaks yet, and they likely cut the steaks fresh there in-house, set them out um, at their meat counter, and do it that way. So once again, this is an opportunity where further cutting can increase the value of the cut. And I'm not going to go through all of the cuts included in the National Retail Report for Beef because there's a lot of them, Um, but just a couple of them that I wanted to note. T-bone steaks are worth $8.16 per pound, whereas porterhouses are worth $9.97 per pound. And this is a national weighted average. I should mention that as well. If you compare that to a boneless New York strip steak, which is $10.20 per pound, and filet mignon, which is worth $21.78 per pound, it can really start changing how you view the value of those products. When I uh, was in grad school, and I know I've said this before, one of my professors always said that every cut has a consequence. And so in this case, if you're looking at T-bones and porterhouses, they are made up of the same cuts or the same muscles as the New York strip and the filet mignon. If you leave the bone in, if you leave that T-shaped bone in, the large muscle of the porterhouse is the same cut as your New York strip. The small muscle is your psoas major or that filet. So in this case, if we keep the bone in and we get T-bones and porterhouses, or if you choose to make it boneless, you get the strip steaks and filets, Based on these retail numbers, the consequence of keeping it bone in could be a major loss of value. And again, this is a national weighted average, so there may be places in the country where these cuts have different values. Maybe here in Nebraska, people prefer T-bones and porterhouses compared to in New York. Maybe they prefer the strip steaks and fillets. It can be kind of a regional thing too. It can be time of year but just a national average, it could be um, an opportunity to capture value there at the retail level. Um, Another common cut, the most common way that beef is consumed in the United States is through ground beef. And ground beef ranges in cost from $3.04 per pound to $6.08 per pound. And this is primarily based on fat content. Um, Also, I don't believe that this report includes things like... um, some of the grass-fed or the niche marketing products. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it's just more of the commercial product that doesn't have kind of those niche markets in there. So it could be a little bit higher if those things were taken into account. But primarily that price is based on the fat content, with the average being about $4.12. So if you think back on the plant that I was able to go in and visit that was producing 800,000 pounds of ground beef a day, If we just think about that average price of $4.12 per pound, that's about $3.3 million in retail product that is being produced daily, which is absolutely crazy to me. So finally, bone-in ribeye steaks are worth $10.68 per pound, while boneless ribeyes are worth $12.94 a pound. Uh, So again, it's just another time where um, making a cut can increase that value. And this time, um, you may be spending about $2, $2.5 more per pound, but you're getting all meat. You're getting all edible product. 
you're not getting bone that you're going to have to throw out. So when the animal was alive, the weight of that rib was worth $1.27 per pound. That was the price of the live weight of that animal. When it was hanging as a full carcass, it was worth $2.23 per pound. When that rib was cut out and sold in a box from the plant as a primal or subprimal, it was worth $4.97 per pound. And now that it has been cut into a steak and is available for sale at the retail store, it's worth $12.94 per pound. And if that product went to a restaurant, it could continue to increase in value. And it's just crazy to me to be able to track that cost all the way through the system and see that continual increase in value. So every day, billions of people around the world build their meals around animal protein. There's a demand from consumers for these products, and it's, it's not going away. Even with some of the alternatives that are coming to the market, people still rely on and turn to animal-based proteins. And it truly amazes me how much product is produced. Just some of these numbers to me are mind-boggling. I've said that now a number of times, but it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it. And the amount of dollars that are spent within the industry is absolutely crazy. And really what was talked about today was just the tip of the iceberg. The reports that I referenced today included the USDA Beef Carcass Price Equivalent Index Value, the National Daily Cattle and Beef Summary, the National Daily Box Beef Cutout, and uh, Box Beef Cuts Negotiated Sales, and finally the National Retail Report for Beef. And these reports were all for Friday, October 29th, and the retail report specifically was for the period of October 29th through November 4th. So if you have any interest in checking out these numbers, I encourage you to look through these reports. If you Google USDA uh, market beef report, you should be able to find a whole list of uh, different reports that they put out every day or again weekly. And take some time and just look through those numbers because I think it, it'll really blow your mind some of the things that you are seeing. Thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon.